seated. Let's open our Bibles this morning to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6 and verse 18. We're going to uh, stretch our series on Pray for a Change uh, for one more week. But look at Ephesians, the 6th chapter and the 18th verse. By the way, we are going to continue our prayer emphasis beyond the 30 days, and we're just going to keep stretching it out. And uh, we'll give you some schedules here as soon as we have time to communicate with some folks about different times of prayer. Uh, from the book of Ephesians, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul is, is talking to the church at Ephesus about the armor of God. And he says that we are to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and that we are to put on the whole armor of God. And then he goes on to list what the armor of God is. And then in verse 18, after talking about the shield of faith and uh, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and also uh, the mighty sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and the helmet of salvation, then he goes into this scripture, praying always. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance, and supplication for all saints. Now this morning I want to talk to you just for a while on this prayer of supplication. One translation says, pray with all prayer, pray with all manner of prayer, or to pray with all kinds of prayer. Goodspeed's translation says, use every kind of prayer. Now, understand this, just as there are many types of sports with different rules that govern the types of sports, so there are many types of prayer that ru uh, that, and rules that govern the different types of prayer. Now, for example, the prayer of faith is one type of prayer, where Jesus said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That is the prayer of faith. That is a prayer that you pray for yourself. And then there's the prayer of casting your cares on the Lord. He said in the Word of God, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all of your care upon Him. And so there, there is this prayer of rolling over your cares upon him. And then, of course, there's the prayer of consecration, the prayer of dedication, where on bended knee or in our hearts we say, Lord, life is not about me. Life is all about you. I desire to seek first your kingdom, your way of doing things in my life. Therefore, I declare today, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Amen? That's what Jesus prayed in the prayer of Gethsemane, did he not? And then, of course, there's the prayer of worship. There's the prayer of intercession. But I want to talk on this prayer of supplication. So supplication simply defined is this. It means a humble, earnest entreaty or a request. It's more of a heartfelt request than a casual request. If a request is not made out of one's heart, if a request is not fervent, if it, is not, if it does not have an earnestness about it, it would not be supplication. So the question this morning we want to answer, 
For whom can supplication be made? Well, number one, we can pray this prayer of supplication for ourselves. We can pray this prayer of supplication for other people. We can pray this prayer of supplication for our natural needs and for our spiritual needs. And we can pray this prayer of supplication for the spiritual needs of other people. Now, I want to illustrate to you, on your handout, I gave you um, this Spirit-anointed prayers. And I want to look at this first one in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 23. And as you look at this, you'll notice that in our little handout, we, we put a personalization to it. For example, he says, I pray that you, the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto who? May give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. So now, if you're praying that for yourself, obviously you would say me. If you're praying that for Joe, you would obviously put Joe's name in there. If you're praying that for Al, you would obviously put Al's name in there. These are user-friendly prayers, and they are anointed because they're straight from the Word of God by the power of God and by the Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul himself. How many of you know that Paul was anointed by God to deliver messages to the church? And in these messages, he would continuously tell them how much he loved them and how much he cared for them. And as a result, he would go into what I would call spirit-led or spontaneous prayer. Well, does God love the church today any less than he loved the church back then? Does not what belonged to the church at Ephesus, to the church at Philippi, to the church at Colossae, and to the Thessalonians, does not that belong as much to us as it did to them? Absolutely. And so these prayers are not, to, are not meant to put you in a rut and cause you to be religious and ritualistic, but these prayers prayed out of an earnest heart these prayers prayed out of fervency. These prayers of supplication are meant to pray so that you would obtain answers and so that you would grow spiritually and other people around you. Now, I want you to notice the first part of this prayer. He says, I pray that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Now notice this next phrase, that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened. Is it important for you to be able to see what God has for you? Do we always see everything the way that God sees things? Absolutely not. And so this enlightenment of our spiritual eyes will enable us to see what God is saying to us about our personal life, maybe about our business, maybe about our children, maybe about our church. And so he's praying, oh God, may the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. The Amplified Version says it this way, may the eyes of my understanding be flooded with light. How many of you know that the entrance of God's Word gives you light, 
but also the leadership of the Holy Spirit, when he turns the lights on and brings revelation to you, he will reveal to you some things you've never seen before. He will show you things that you need to know. Amen? And so I believe this with all my heart, that God has got windows of light for all of us. How many of you know that you have a window in a home And if it's a home that is put together properly, they will arrange the windows in places where you can see outside and look at pleasant things. And oftentimes the sun shines in those windows, enabling you to see. Well, you see, God's got windows in the realm of the Spirit. And there's windows of light that He wants to show you. There's some direction He wants to give you about your life. There's some things he wants to do in you and for you and through you to where if you knew about it right now, you would hardly be able to believe it. Pray this with me. Lord God, may the eyes of my understanding be flooded with light. And I've noticed this. When the Lord begins to reveal things to me and gives me a window or windows of light then along with the windows of light come doors of opportunities. You see, God's got some divine connections for each and every one of us. But we do not want to uh, allow those divine connections to pass us by. We must, in order for us to go through the doors of opportunity, we must see through the window of light. Amen? And then I've often noticed this. When I get insight and I get light from him and I walk through those doors of opportunities that he opens for me, the next thing that I see happening are streams of provision. Everyone say, windows of light. light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Doors of opportunities. opportunities. And streams. Streams. Not just one stream, but streams of provision. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he's praying here that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. And then he goes on to pray that I may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your inheritance in the saints. How many of you know that every one of you are called? You have a purpose in your life. But you you must be able to see what that purpose is. And then this glorious inheritance in the saints. And then the next part, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward me when I believe? And this is referring to resurrection power. When you and I get a glimpse of the greatness of his power, there ain't no grave. There ain't no grave going to hold us down. There was no grave that could hold him down. And when you call upon the name of the Lord and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He took you out of darkness and brought you into His kingdom. He raised you up together and made you sit together with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means no more bondage, no more darkness, no more graves for you. But see, in order for that to be a reality in my life and in your life, the light's got to go on. We've got to see it and believe it. And act on it. And it will change your life. 
Let's go on to a, another one. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. And notice with me in verses 9 through 11. Colossians 1 verse 9 through 11. He said right here, he said, For this cause I do not cease to pray for you. Well, that's scriptural. The Bible says pray without ceasing. And to desire that, that I might be filled with the knowledge of your will. So we're personalizing. Pray this with me. Lord God, Lord God I, desire I desire that I would be filled with the knowledge of your will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that I may walk worthy of you unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Man, that's shouting ground right there. When that starts happening in your life, I mean, I'm telling you what, things are going to happen. And then he says, and increasing in the knowledge of God. But I love this part strengthened with all might. I'm praying for you regularly that you would be strengthened with all might. I pray this prayer for myself that I would be strengthened with all might. Now, this is not just talking about spiritual strength. This is talking about physical strength. This is talking about resources strength. This is when you... listen. When you are strengthened with all might by the almighty God, by El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough, your days of being poor are over with. Your days of lack are history. So pray this with me, Lord God. I pray that you would strengthen me with all might according to your glorious power in Jesus' name. Now, there's about five or six prayers there. You can take these prayers and you can do this. You can pray this every day. If you're working, go on break and pray it. Go in your car and pray. And I'm telling you, the lights will go on. Now, let's look at another one. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13. And uh, notice this in verse 20 and 21. Everyone say, I'm a doer of the word. And today, corporately... We're in a prayer meeting, and we are praying the prayer of supplication. And notice this. <clears throat> May the God of peace, who is the author and giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead my Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed, ratified the everlasting agreement, covenant, testament, strengthen, complete, perfect, and make me what I ought to be. Now pray that with me. Lord God, I pray that you would strengthen me, complete me, perfect me, make me what I ought to be, and equip me with everything good that I may carry out your will. Do you have a heart to do his will? Well, if you have a heart to do his will, you will be equipped for the fulfillment of his will. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy purpose be accomplished in my life. And then let's look at this last one. Look at Romans 15. 
Romans 15, verse 13. How many of you have ever been kind of discouraged before in your life? How many of you have ever just like felt like thrown in the towel? Or how many of you just wanted Jesus to come yesterday? I'm going to take a little drink here. Well, despondency tries to set into all of us. Despondency is nothing new. Discouragement is a tool of the enemy. Trying to get our attention off of Jesus and onto whatever is bringing the discouragement. It might be a loved one going through a battle. Um, it might be uh, a PG&E bill that's been unpaid for several months and last week they just turned off your PG&E. That can be discouraging, you know. Um, how many ever ever prayed for something and hadn't seen the manifestation yet? Well, this will try your patience. Is that right? I mean, time will try your trust. Time will try your trust. And so if you're not careful, then you can fall into the valley of discouragement, the, defa- the valley of despondency, and, you know, walk around in life not even having any joy. And that's not God's plan. Because you and I are not in a kingdom of sorrow and sadness. We're in a kingdom of righteousness, and we're in a kingdom of peace, and we're in a kingdom of joy, and it's in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? Everyone say with me, joy, joy. In, the Holy Ghost. in the Holy Ghost. You see, the scripture says that hope deferred or hope that is put off or something that has not yet happened. Hope deferred makes the heart sick or makes the heart to stoop. If you're stooping on the inside, you're going to be stooping on the outside. If you're down in here, you're going to be down out here. Oh, but a sudden good break. I said a sudden good break. A sudden good break can turn things around. But listen, you do not have to be down in the mully grubs between the amen and the here it is. You don't have to be down in the mully grubs between the time your son or your daughter repents, amen, you've prayed for them and they repent. You can maintain a spirit of joy and a spirit of expectancy right now. I mean, when the walls are looking at you in the face and the mountain is looming over your life, where all you can see is the circumstances, you can lift your head above those things and you can keep your heart and your mind set on Him. And now listen, supplication will help you to do that. Supplication, praying prayers like this will keep your heart happy. It'll, it'll, keep, your, it'll keep your hope alive. Amen? Amen? Now, I love this prayer in, in uh, uh, Romans 15 and verse 13. It simply says this, Now you, God of hope, fill me with all joy. Fill me, Lord, with peace as I believe you. Lord, I pray that I would abound in hope. Lord, I've, I've lost some ground. I've lost some hope. But I'm asking you, sir, to cause my heart to be filled and to bubble over with hope again. And Lord, may it be done through the power of the Holy Ghost. 
Now, you may wake up tomorrow morning, Monday morning, having your coffee or on your break, and you're not as inspired as I am to pray that prayer, but I will guarantee you, I guarantee it, I guarantee you one thing, that if you will pray these things consistently, you will get to a point where the anointing of God will come upon you and it will cause you to rejoice. But listen, whether or not you feel it, whether or not you can sense it, whether or not you can see it, we walk by faith and we don't walk by sight. And know this, that your prayers are working. Say with me, my prayers prayers work for me. me. And somebody says, well, I know Brother George's prayers work for him, and I know Pastor Tom's prayers work for him. But listen, friends, God is no respecter of persons. Your prayers will work for you. All you need to do is pray. Hallelujah. God of hope. Pray this with me. God of hope. Fill me up. Cause me to bubble over with hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's raise our hands and just thank Him right now. It's working in us right now. Ha <laughs> ha. Glory to God. It's working in your life. Thank you, Lord. And there will come such a strength upon you that things that in yesterday and in yesteryear shook you to your very core, those things will no longer be an issue for you. For my spirit, it will strengthen you and he will harden you to difficulties. He will cause you to grow and grow and grow and get stronger and stronger and stronger And the enemy will be confused and the enemy will be confounded. So rejoice and be glad. This is a day to lift your hands up and and praise the name of the Lord. No longer sad, no looking back, but lifting up your voice, causing your spirit man to be strong and rejoice. You shall see the glory of the Lord in the land of your life. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, let me ask you another question. How many of you have ever had any challenges with your love walk? (laughs) We've all had challenges with our love walk. I mean, as long as you live in a physical body, you are going to be tempted to step out of this love walk. Am I preaching to the right crowd? I didn't say you're in strife right now, but you've had the opportunity to be there. We've all had the opportunity to be bitter. I like what John Maxwell says. I choose to be better, not bitter. Say with me, I'm getting better because I've let go of bitter. Let it go. Let bitterness go. Let a critical attitude to other people go. Just get rid of yourself, will you? Amen. <laughs> what do you mean get rid of yourself? Well, what I mean by that is realize this, that it's no longer you that liveth, but Christ living in you. In Galatians chapter 3, it says, uh, 
in Galatians chapter 2, I think it is, verse 20. Let's pull that one up there. Galatians 2.20. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But who's living in us? Christ is living in us. And the life which we are now living in the flesh, we're living by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. You know, over there in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, he says, For you are dead and your life is, is, is hid with Christ in God. So lose yourself. Stop living a selfish life and start living a selfless life. Now here's what will help you do it. Look at Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. I think that's one of your prayers. Philippians the first chapter, the ninth verse. He says, in this I pray. Say this with me. In this I pray. Lord God, I pray that my love may abound more and more. I pray that I would increase in walking in the love of God. That my love may abound yet more and more knowledge and all discernment. Look at verse 10 and 11 that I may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, that I may approve the things that are excellent, that I may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. In other words, when we're walking in this love, when we're walking in the fullness of agape, which is an unconditional love, here's what will happen. We won't be offensive to other people. We won't go around offending another person. And not only that, we will not be the offended How many of you know that when you're really walking in the love of God, you're not easily offended? And so he's praying here that we may approve the things that are excellent. I'm telling you, it is excellent to be walking in love. Walking in love is walking in God. It's walking in the realm of the miraculous. How many of you want to see miraculous things happen in your life? Then follow after love. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That we may be sincere without offense till the the day of Christ. Now notice verse 11. This shouting ground right here. May I be filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Walking in love. Walking in love. And then let's look at 3 John 2. 3 John verse 2. Supplication. Supplication. Making supplication. Letting your requests be made known to God. 3 John 2. He said, Beloved, I wish or I pray. That word wish there is literally pray. Beloved, I pray above all things that you may prosper... And be in health, even as what? Pray this prayer with me, Lord God. I pray that I would prosper in my spirit, my soul, my body, my finances, my relationships. And that I would walk in divine life. And that I would walk in divine health. And I purpose it in my heart 
to continually get my mind renewed so that my soul can prosper. For as my soul prospers, I will surely prosper. Now that's a thought right there. As my soul prospers, I will surely prosper. Say that with me. As my soul prospers, I will surely prosper. And I will surely walk in divine health. Now that's a pray, prayer I pray for you all the time. I just lift the people up in the church. I say, Lord God, cause them to prosper. May they walk in divine health, divine life. Lord God, I pray. and I just, A lot of times what I'll do is this. I'll just go like this. I'll just lift the folks up. I lift up the people, Lord. I pray that their soul would prosper, that their minds would be renewed, that they would not just be patty cake Christians, but that they would be serious about getting their minds renewed and that the entrance of his word would bring them light and that they would walk in prosperity. Amen. 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 Do you want to walk in prosperity? I'm not talking about walking in prosperity so that you can have, you know, mansions in Hawaii and mansions in Florida and mansions in the Cayman Islands and belong to every country club in between and drive Rolls Royces and drive Bentleys. All those things are awesome. All those things are good. But how many of you know you cannot take a one of them with you? I said you cannot take a one of them with you. But I tell you what you can take with you, you can take souls with you. You can take the precious fruit of the earth with you. So if you have a heart to prosper and you have a heart for what your good, good father wants you to do with your life and you sow your life as a seed into his kingdom, watch out. The windows of heaven are open. Amen? Amen. Now, let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Notice with me in verse 23. 1 Thessalonians, the 5th chapter, the 23rd verse. And may the very God of peace sanctify me wholly. Is it the will of God for you and I to walk in sanctification? Sanctification simply means to be separate from things that are profane. Sanctification means to be separate from those things that would hurt us. Amen? Sanctify me wholly. Keep me holy. And I pray, Lord God, that my whole spirit and soul and body might be pickled. Now, you did know that you are a spirit being, don't you? That you have a soul, your mind, your will, and emotions, and that you live in a body. And so here's what Paul is praying for them at the church at Thessalonica. Lord God, keep them, sanctify them. Don't let them get ugly. Don't let them get worldly. May they walk in sanctification. May they walk in holiness. May they walk in Christ-likeness. And then, Lord, preserve them. Preserve them. Keep them intact in their hearts. Keep their minds from going nuts. Keep them from going bonkers. Amen. May they have a peace that passes all understanding. Keep them, Lord. Keep them. Keep them in their hearts and their minds and in their bodies. In their bodies. In order for us to be at our very best in this day, in this hour, we must have 
unity and balance in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. And I believe this. When you and I present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, He will keep us. He will anoint us until He returns. And when He returns, not only is there ain't no grave going to hold this body down, but there ain't no shell that's going to hold this body down. Because when we go to be with the Lord, I got news for you, we're going to receive glorified bodies. We're going to see glorified bodies. I was sitting in our family room the other morning. Brenda and I get up every morning and have coffee and talk and pray and, you know, just converse and just enjoy one another, enjoy the day and uh, in the morning. And I was looking at a picture of her dad and Johnny Edwards, great man of God, wonderful man of God, farmer from Pawnee, Oklahoma. And she said, oh, she said, today is my dad's birthday. And I said, oh, really? She, she said, yeah. I said, well, how old? Uh, I said, well, how old would Johnny be? She said, he'd be 91 today. Wow. 91. And I said, well, how old was Johnny when he passed? She said, well, he was 61. Well, I believe that 61 is too young. But the good news is he's with Jesus. And the other good news is he lived for Jesus while he was alive. And then I looked at his picture. And then I looked at the picture of Ruthie May, which is Brenda's mama. Brenda's mama passed away when Brenda was 21. And, and the mama, uh, Ruthie May, was only 50, 51 years old. And I looked at them at how young they looked. I mean, Johnny's hair was just black, a real handsome, handsome gentleman. I think, well, never mind. (laughs) But at any rate, I said to Brenda, I said, that's when they were just married, wasn't it? And she said, yes. I said, he probably looks just like that right now. (laughs) He looks just like that. Whoo, man. When you get your glorified body, you ain't going to need no more makeup. You ain't going to need to go to the Botitian or the Botoxtitian. When you get your glorified body and you are out of here, you are going to look something else. Somebody says, Pastor Mark, do you mean... We're going to know one another when we get to heaven? You didn't think we're just little puffs of smoke floating around up there, do you? I like what Brother Copeland says, if you know me now, you're going to know me then. Hallelujah. And so what do you say then that we press in to the Spirit of God in prayer and that we press in and believe God to live out the maximum amount of years for the will of God to be accomplished in our life. And this prayer, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, prayed on a regular basis will help that be accomplished. So let's pray it together this morning. Say it with me. Very God of peace, I pray that you'd sanctify me holy, that my whole spirit, my whole soul, my whole body 
would be preserved blameless until you return. Thank you for doing it. Lift up your hands and just thank him right now for doing it. Glory to God. Father, I pray right now for this congregation that we would all have the richest measure of your divine presence and that we as a body would be holy and flooded with God himself. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray as a church that our love corporately would abound more and more and that the love of God would just flow out of this place into the community and lives will be touched and hearts will be changed and bodies will be clothed and stomachs will be fed and spirits shall be filled and people shall come out of darkness into the kingdom of God. Lord, we pray as a church corporately, make us a blessing. Pray this out of your heart and say, Lord God, make us corporately a blessing for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then I'm going to ask you real quickly to join me in one other prayer request that I have as a senior pastor here. And this prayer request, I'm going to ask you to pray along with me. And it's something that Jesus prayed about. He told us to pray about it. Well, we're not opposed to following what Jesus would have us pray about. It's simply this. He said that the harvest is plenteous. How many of you know there's over 7 billion people alive on planet Earth today? But he said, the laborers are few. And then he goes on to say, but here's what you do. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest. And so what we're doing is we're calling in the laborers. We're calling in the laborers. And we are really calling in people that are already here to be laborers. Amen? Amen. To find their post, to find their place in prayer, to bring their supply. So let's just all lift up our voice together. You follow me as I pray. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray corporately today. You are the Lord of the harvest. You said in your word to ask you as the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into your harvest. So we're asking, sir, in the name of Jesus, for laborers to come in from all over the place. Move them in from other states. Bring the millennials on. Bring all people in from different cultures, multicultural, multi-generational. We're asking you to bring them in. Laborers. We call in the laborers. We call them in from the north the south, the east, and the west. I declare in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, the labors are coming. Can somebody shout about that with me? Amen. Amen. The labors are coming. People are coming in. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed right before we receive the offering. Never ever.